candles burning down, emitting light. Sometimes incense also burning down, emitting fragrance. And in many ways, each of us is composting, renewing, transforming. <coughs> emitting awakening. So welcome in from the 10 directions. I see the Chicago folks have joined us. This is our third night. So welcome in Chicago folks. And I also see Mexican folks and New York folks. And there must be a few miscellaneous ones from here and there. So it's good to have you with us. What a treasure for us here in Ann Arbor to be live and also to have the facility to join with the rest of you. It could only be imagined when I was a kid. There is a, when I was with Venerable Samosunam on uh, my first pilgrimage to Korea, I think it was in 1982 or three. And one of the things we did was we went to visit a wonderful calligraphers. And he would have them while well, we watched, prepare the paper, prepare the ink, and do these calligraphies. And we would always say, what does it mean? <laughs> because of course it was in Chinese characters. And so that we would get the meaning uh, on the back. And Sunam would remember it. And one of these Sunams, it was a well called a, it's a no sunam. It's a retired sunam. They're called no sunams. <laughs> Made one for me. And it was moon shining in 1000 rivers. So I was, I really liked it. It, it means that the Buddha nature is shining everywhere. Something like that. Sunam liked it too, so he took it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know where it is now. But I am truly grateful for many of the calligraphy pieces that we actually have in this temple. And there's one in this in the foyer. And uh, it's one of the most powerful ones. It is I think it was done by Woolhall Sunam. He was the best calligrapher. Mm -hmm. And it's really strong, wide brush strokes. And what it says is, dumb person had a wonderful dream. 
dumb. Yeah, it's right there. Did you know that? We're walking in by it all the time. Dumb person had a wonderful dream. So what what is, what is that about? Well, we think a dumb person cannot speak, cannot hear, cannot see this kind of person that's in this thing. So that person, we would say, oh, too bad. But that person is then not subjected to all the sense impressions that the rest of us are. It's not continually bombarded from outside or inside. They don't function. So if you can imagine, we talked about, you know, level and calm would be more easy, easier, if we don't have so much sense stuff coming at us, and we really do these days. So there's a sense of feeling and thinking, but not all the rest, tasting. This is the dilemma that we're in, in these days, and that we have so much coming at us. And a lot of times, there's an expression, don't make things, don't make stories. With this stuff that comes, we add to it. So it becomes double. In, in our Buddhist practice and in the scriptures, we call it, there's the sense impression, and then sometimes we get emotional about it. So that makes it double worse. And then the a third arrow, make up a story about it. So <laughs> we have all this stuff. First of all, the whatever came in, and then an emotion that arises, and then a story. And then we're just dragged around by the nose, metaphorically speaking. So. Our practice is about working with this. And in our tradition, there, and in our Buddhist tradition, there are, are many ways to kind of work with uh, this bombardment of sense impressions and uh, their magnification. And in our Korean tradition, we have some Zen master Chinolians stopping and discerning. Thich Nhat Hanh has that stop, look deeply, then respond. And also the other one is really pay attention and gather wisdom. But Master um, Heishim is Chino's successor, and Chino gave Master Heishim uh, Zen Master Heishim, all the treasury of his writings. And there was a lot. Uh, Chino lived from, I think it was 1158 to 1210. And it was a really pregnant time in Zen and Sun in, in Asia, where Koreans were going back and forth to China and meeting with a lot of uh, great masters in China. And so, Chino was the one that really consolidated a lot of that. He has a book 
um, there's a book about some of that called Tracing Back the Radiance. It's a beautiful, you can kind of get the idea of tracing back to our original radiance. And so there was much teaching and practice about this, and it was particularly taken up by Hashem. And one of the things Hashem said that I found quite interesting, see if I can find it, that just keeping our eye on our meditation practice, our Wado practice, Master Hashem says, this is the fast track. That was interesting. I think it's, you know, an interesting modern uh, translation of whatever Master Hashem said. But sometimes, you know, could we agree with that? Because it seems like meditation takes so much time to get, dealing with all these sense impressions especially. It takes so much time. I've been at it for over 40 years, and look at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Master Hashem said that a meditation, this wadu, for some of us working with the breath, some of us questioning, is the fast track. So well then, how could it be the fast track? Well, I think it's the fast track if you're doing it continuously. If you keep forgetting it and it isn't present, like right now, are you doing your practice? What is it? What are you doing? That's a question that I asked in another talk. What are you doing? Actually, Sunum asked me that question. What are you doing? I bet you never even thought, well, if Haju's talking, I won't do my meditation practice. Or this is happening, I, you know, how could you do your meditation practice? Balderdash, got to try and figure out how so that you can be really present and concentrated, eh? <laughs> okay, so that's why we're here, to do this continuous practice. That means getting back to it as much as we possibly can. What is it? What am I doing? Am I making something here? So this is called practice work. Practice work. And a lot of times it's hard. It's hard. It's probably the hardest work that you could take on. Because each of us is carrying our karmic load. And it's very sticky. It becomes part of all this sense barraging that happens too. So this is hard. But I really appreciate that Samosunam, Venerable Samosunam always said, I do things the hard way. There must be something to doing things the hard way. 
really working at them. You know, really wrestling in the mud with whatever needs to be taken care of. So Master Hashem says, our meditation practice it really is the last track. It's a good composter. So I know that all of you um, no Jung just arrived, so you'll have to get up to speed, no Jung. Um, have been, and those people in Chicago too, I think you just arrived too. We all have to get up to speed, each in our own way. <clears throat> with uh, working with our meditation practice. And then as we really work with it, there's some insights which come along. So we begin to through our own direct experience with the practice and the practice in our life to really have some insights and develop wisdom and spiritual maturity. And Venerable Samasunam gave us the meditation formula that can show you where you are on that. And by seeing where you are and what's before and after and around, it can help you with your practice. It can put a lot more focus to it. I'd like to just repeat it. Some of you have heard this before. But try to memorize it. Meditation is concentration. Concentration is oneness. Oneness, no self, no other. You got it memorized so far? Yeah, well, good. <laughs> Better start again. Meditation is concentration. Concentration is oneness. Oneness is no self, no other. No self, no other is no birth, no death. No birth, no death is true suchness. True suchness is intimate, immediate, spontaneous, obvious, just like this. There are lots of, okay, I'll finish it. And then the capping phrase for all of that is, everyday life is the way of Buddha. The way of Buddha is everyday life. 
Isn't that wonderful? That means everything. What, I don't know what part of this formula you relate to. I relate to, because I think I have the most experience with intimate, immediate, spontaneous, and sometimes obvious. Just because there are so many opportunities in our lives when they're, they feel, it feels intimate. It feels immediate, spontaneous and obvious. It could be while you're making bread. It could be while you're making love. That more often does it. <laughs> it could be while you're just looking at a flower. Or having an experience cleaning a fence. It's just suchness. So I tell you this so that you can kind of have in mind as you're going about your everyday life, my gosh, this is, I'm actually you see, if meditation is concentration, and also it gets to suchness, when you're in a state of suchness, it's like meditation. So quite a lot of things can count. That you're concentrated, you're at one, there's no self, no other. You have to figure out the birth, no birth, no death. But if you hang in with it, you all know that by experience too. So we're not dumb. Remember the dumb person had a wonderful dream? But we can do this. So hold up your practice over and over again. See for yourself. You can do it. Okay. 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 Good. We also, for the folks that have been here, we have a lot more energy than we think we do, especially when we're doing something like this. And we've got a bunch of other people. Remember what Ichigan said. It takes unusual people to do unusual things. That was at the beginning of Buddhism in Korea. And we're pioneers right here. Each of us, wherever we are. So folks out there too, please, throw yourself in. You know that expression, how do you save a single drop of water? Throw it in the ocean. May you remain a participant to the best of your ability. Okay, let's get back to meditation.